Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather, so I give you news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view, one you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, welcome to tonight's episode. I'm sorry, I haven't been on in a few days. I tried to record uh, an episode yesterday and my voice just was not uh, not holding in and not uh, holding up. And so I thought, well, I sound worse than I do tonight, if you believe that or not. Eh. And so anyway, it was all about like the chaotic stuff going on. It was a really good episode, but guys, I just, ugh, my voice sounded terrible and I was just exhausted. And so I thought, you know what, let's just not... And uh, today I said, you know what, let me, let me peruse some news. And so uh, some things are coming across my phone and uh, you guys know him, you love him. He is my all-time favorite. It is Leo Homan, H-O-H-N-A-N-N.com, Leo Homan, yes folks. And so I want to talk to you guys about some articles that he has written and, um, there's a lot of things going on and I know the CBDC and the FedNow program and all this stuff is happening, I guess. I know you are pretty aware, well aware of that. Um, the FedNow program is set to launch um, in July. And so that is setting the groundwork for the infrastructure for the CBDC, the digital bank currency and all this fun stuff, which eventually will um, go to the rise of the Antichrist. And it's going to be the one world government, one world religion, one world currency. And uh, all that's coming uh, in, in, in the near future. And so, but all these things are happening. And I know you guys are aware of that. And I don't need to harp on that. And I don't need to be out here to tell you all about that. There are way more poli- uh, qualified podcasters, news anchormen, all that kind of stuff to tell you about uh, the financial insecurity that's coming our way. But there's a lot of articles that I want to talk to you guys about um, today. Okay, so let's check them out. So let's jump into these two articles that I want to talk to you guys about mainly tonight. If my voice will hold, I hope it will. So why the Deagle population forecast of nearly 70% fewer Americans by 2025 may have been right on target. That's by Leo Homan, uh, posted on the 20th of April. Of course, you can find that at leohoman.substack.com. And so uh, his other article I want to talk to you guys about that was posted earlier um, uh, this month on the 4th of April says action needed to prevent globalists from poisoning our meat supply. Yes, they want to quote vaccinate cows and pigs with mRNA jabs. And folks, there are uh, numerous talks right now that this is already uh, being done uh, and it's already being used, I believe, in the UK. And uh, there's more talk about um, how they don't have to tell you that they're not going to have to label this meat as, quote, non-GMO or genetically modified organisms. And um, it's getting sticky. It's in the weeds. Uh, they're using loopholes to go around this. A lot of, lot of things going on. Um, if y'all haven't uh, watched um, Pastor Billy Crone's uh, latest uh, Klaus Schwab sermon, um, I think believe it was from last week, but... Um, it is on his Rumble channel. I think they put it up this week on his Rumble channel. You can watch that. Um, and if not, please download the getalifemedia.com. Uh, getalifemedia.com. You can go there and download their app. And it's on the app under the Klaus Schwab series, uh, sermon series, folks. It's eye-opening. And uh, I'm going to give you guys a little bit to uh, watch that. And then I'll talk a little bit about that maybe later on in the week. But I don't want to do any spoilers right now if y'all haven't had a chance to watch that. So... Um, action needed to prevent these globalists from poisoning our meat supply. Let's talk about that. Battle in cattle-rich state of Missouri would uh, require full disclosure of mRNA-injected meat, but rhinos, which is Republicans in name only, and Dems are trying to block it from seeing the light of day. So attorney uh, Thomas Renz is on a mission uh, to stop the further destruction of our food supply by subjecting livestock raised for meat to dangerous mRNA vaccinations. In opposed to his substack, Renz says Missouri House Bill 1169 is our best bet of stopping this from happening, he writes. And I quote, uh, this is a nightmare scenario whereby people's genetics are potentially altered with factory foods without them even knowing, unquote, folks. Go watch uh, Pastor Billy Crone's latest update on Klaus Schwab. Uh, you're going to be amazed 
uh, all this all ties in together <coughs> with the old Hitler uh, and the Fort and Dacia Revolution and all of this stuff, guys. Uh, it's evil, evil on a warped scale like I've never seen. And the Bible even says, and I've been studying the Bible and I've been reading through the Bible. And uh, I'm at the point right now where it says they invent new ways to be evil. I just read that today. And um, without giving too much of a spoiler alert. And go watch Pastor Billy Crone's uh, latest update and latest sermon um, on Oklash Schwab and what's going on. So anyway, in opposed to his substack, Ren says Missouri House Bill 1169 is our best bet of stopping this from happening. And of course, he wrote, uh, you know, like I said um, previously, like these factory foods that you guys are buying. And you got to look at who owns all these foods. And then you got to go back to the R.G. Reynolds and the tobacco industry. Remember when they got sued? Remember for all those billions of dollars, millions of dollars back then? What did they do? Do you think R.G. Reynolds and Phil, all the just, well, you know, whatever, Philip Morris, they just like went away? No, they bought food manufacturing companies from Kraft and General Mills and all kinds of things like that. And look, Bayer is, uh, you know, bought by Monsanto or owned by Monsanto. And people don't really realize what Bayer was. Bayer... Uh, was involved over there in Germany and with Hitler and with the wickedness that went on over there. And uh, you keep taking that bare aspirin to save your life. Or maybe to genetically modify you. Who knows, right? But anyway, so Ren says uh, the idea of vaccinating people through the food they eat has been around for a long time and is definitely possible. And who knows if it's not happening already. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. But anyway, uh, the article continues. Leo says, um, he cites an article from the year 2000 with a wonderful picture of exactly how this would be done in vegetables. Then another article published in the NIH, we all know what the NIH is, uh, in 2013 talks about foods, quote, under application unquote, to be genetically modified to become edible vaccines. Renz includes a screenshot uh, taken of a Google search for food as a vaccine taken on Sunday, April the 2nd of 2023, which as of that date had returned 456 million results. So it's not a new idea, but it is gaining steam uh, to the point where we would be concerned and start to mobilize against it, he says. Uh, here is Renz talking in a video interview about this burgeoning catastrophe. Renz warns that certain experts claim that beef, pork, and other livestock cannot transfer vaccination from meat to the consumer of the meat. He writes, quote, at initial glance, that would make sense. Cow DNA and people DNA is quite different, and an mRNA uh, designated for cows would probably not be able to transfer directly to people. But that is not the whole story. He goes on to say, you have to remember that the additives in the mRNA vaccines are by no means proven safe, and we don't even actually know what all is in these shots. The lipid nanoparticles appear to be a problem, and there have been numerous reports of other things some scientists have found in the jabs uh, when they examined them. He says that ultimately the mRNA jabs still have not undergone long-term testing because long-term testing can take 10 to 20 years and they have not existed that long. So any claims about the safety or efficacy uh, of the stuff that's in them are garbage at best, unquote. In short, the jabs are a failed product. They have done nothing that they were promised to accomplish, stop the spread, stop hospitalization, stop deaths. While they have had many negative effects uh, that were promised would not take place, such as inflammation, myocarditis, strokes, cardiac arrest, and sudden deaths. So why would we want to expand their use to animals? The pushback against House Bill 1169 in Missouri is shocking. This two-page bill, you can read it here if you want to. You can go to leohomansubstack.com and click on it and read it if you'd like to. It uh, does not ban anything. All it does, Rents explains, is require labeling of products that can alter your genetics, require companies uh, share information on transmissibility of gene-altering interventions, and that fully informed consent be given for any vaccine, gene therapy, or medical intervention. So why are lawmakers in Missouri, led by the Democrats and the Republican House Speaker Dan or Dean Plocher, whatever uh, Plocher, uh, trying to slow walk this bill through committee to prevent it from being approved in session? The answer, according to Rents, is the lobbyists. So Big Pharma has no legitimate basis for publicly arguing against an informed consent disclosure bill, so they have tried to get the 
ag lobby to do their dirty work. This is also because the ag bioengineers and big pharma are one in the same. Bayer, big pharma owns Monsanto, which is one of the largest, possibly still the largest seed producers in the world. Bayer also just happens to be headquartered in St. Louis, Missouri. Big pharma does not want people to know they are going to use food to alter their genetics. Rents, an extremely competent and gifted attorney, concludes his article with this, and I quote, We all need to fight back on this. If this bill passes in one state, the requirements it imposes would help to protect the food supply of the entire country. That is why this bill is so opposed. This two-page bill could help keep people safe, but in the words of one committee member from the Missouri Emerging Issues uh, Committee, who cares, who cares if they put mRNA in food? Well, we the people care, and we need to let these Dems and sellout rhinos uh, know how much we do. So thank Holly Jones for sponsoring this, and thank committee chair uh, Hardwick for a fair hearing on it. Now it's time for Speaker Dean Poacher to decide whether he wants to push this through this session, uh, which he absolutely can do, or if he wants to be the rhino that put Missouri farmers at risk of lawsuits and the people of Missouri at risk of having an unsafe food supply. And so... Yeah, folks, we'll see how that goes in Missouri, but I'm telling you, I have a sneaking suspicion that they've already been putting this stuff in our meat for a very long time. Uh, I don't know why, but I just think that, I mean, you know, I've thought it for a while. I've always had a never a mistrust of, uh, of our food supply. I don't know why, but um, for a while I have. But anyway, so this next article by Leo says, Why the Deagle population forecast of nearly 70% fewer Americans by 2025 may have been right on target. And so governments are lying to us on several fronts, but we already have evidence to suggest the global population is 1 billion with a B as in boy less than it was in January of 2020, folks. This is uh, Leo Holman from uh, April the 20th of this year. All the globalist policies over the last years, or last three years, are driving at one thing, mass depopulation. Yes, they want to kill us. Until you understand that, you will never understand what's going on. You will never make sense of it. He says, I'd like to revert back to the analysis done by Deagle Corp in 2014, forecasting massive global depopulation or massive global population declines out to the year 2025, especially in Western countries. Deagle founder was a military contractor who had sources well positioned in the deep state. The Deagle Corporation is an offshoot of U.S. military intelligence, which collects data for high-level decision makers and prepares confidential briefing documents for agencies like the National Security Agency, which is the NSA, the United Nations, and the World Bank. So according to the Deagle forecast, America's population would plummet from just over 310 million um, in 2017, down to just 99 million by 2025. Western European nations, especially the UK and Germany, were forecast to see similar drastic decreases in population. If the decal calculations turn out to be even close to accurate, the most unsafe places to live over the next three years will be the United States and the UK, followed by Germany, and then the rest of the EU nations. This population forecast was so controversial, showing populations reductions of 68.5% in the United States from 2017 levels um, in between 25 and 70% for almost every Western European country that the study mysteriously disappeared from Deagle's website in March of 2021. Folks, a lot of people have talked about this. And, uh, yeah, it's gone. But anyway, uh, until the impact of the COVID, quote, pandemic, unquote, and resulting mass vaccination campaign, many researchers were scratching their heads as they reviewed the Deagle spreadsheets. But now it's beginning to make sense. Though in the rising potential for another manufactured pandemic, a manufactured global famine, and World War III, and Deagle's forecast becomes even more plausible. Deagle's predictions seemed so far-fetched in 2014 that some folks accused Deagle of engaging in a PSYOP. But maybe Deagle had good sources to back up its analysis. After all, the eugenics-loving Rockefeller Foundation had published its lockstep analysis in 2010, all but guaranteeing that major pandemics would wipe out tens of millions of people. And Bill Gates, the world's richest man, was well into his vaccine phase by 2014 as well, having shifted his focus a few years earlier away from computers and into the more profitable vaccines. Well, we also had the Georgia Godstones to serve as a continuous reminder of the elite's plan to drastically reduce the global population to cull the herd, as they say. So, 
the first guideline etched in the George Gosson's monument stated maintain humanity under 500 million perpetual balance with nature, representing a reduction of more than 90% of the Earth's population. That's a goal that seemed outrageous into the full scope of the poison death shots, and then the prospect of global famine, World War III, started coming into view just beyond the horizon of the daily news headlines. Then the Gaston's were mysteriously bombed in the morning hours of July 6, 2022. Just hours later at around 6 p.m. on July the 6th, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation completely destroyed the damaged monument. This was an astonishing turn of events uh, executed with lightning speed. Did it become necessary to get rid of the granite monument that stood as evidence of the elite's plan for mass population of the world? <laughs> Been there for years, guys. Um, in fact, their plan may already be far enough down the road uh, that it's impossible to reverse. Humanity is being culled whether we like it or not. The globalists have two basic disadvantages in their war against humanity. First, they are vastly outnumbered and second, many of us still have the ability to think critically and independently of what we hear or see on their totally owned and controlled media outlets. Sun Tzu, the uh, brilliant uh, Chinese military uh, strategist uh, of the art of war, said that the smart warrior attacks his enemy's strength at its weakest point, or at his weakest point. If the globalists are following the wisdom of uh, Sun, they would call the population and reduce the level at which they are outnumbered. And they would poison those of us who remain so that we are weakened and unable to think critically and independently at least not to the level that we could uh, organize any meaningful resistance. The COVID blog has put forth an interesting analysis of the global population after more than three years of the uh, bioweapon that came out of Wuhan and more than two years of the related bioweapon that has been injected into people's arms. The general consensus was that there were 7.84 billion people on Earth in January of 2020 when all this started. The United Nations reported uh, that the global population eclipsed the 8 billion mark in November of 2022. But here is where it gets interesting. The COVID blog's article points out that there have been 40 million births and 20 million deaths for a net population growth of 20 million thus far in 2023. But the sources of this information are the same ones who tell us to believe that men can give birth, gastos can kill us, and vaccines are safe and effective. As of March 2023, there are two jobs available in the U.S. for every one unemployed worker. The blog continues adding, you don't even need the ADP workforce of vitality reports to know that wages have been at an all-time high since quarter four of 2021. Just look around your local area and you'll see McDonald's come and go, Circle K, Walmart, and all those former minimum wage jobs hiring at $15 per hour and up. They are forced to offer higher wages or hire illegal immigrants to entice what's left of the U.S. workforce. <clears throat> the U.S. Chamber of Commerce acknowledged the ongoing labor shortage earlier this month. The corporate uh, mainstream media have for two years blamed anything but the vaccines for the sudden deaths of young, healthy adults, even super fit athletes and teenagers. So the bottom line is that millions of Americans have died or are severely maimed from the lethal mRNA and DNA injections. They can physically no longer work. U.S. birth rates, meanwhile, are in free fall, as are global birth rates. In 2021, birth rates were the lowest since World War I in the U.S., with Russia, China, and all the European countries similarly reporting a birth dearth. So you cannot find a straight answer anywhere as to why this is happening. So the COVID blog says it is confident in declaring that the global population has dropped from approximately 7.8 billion in January of 2020 to approximately 6.8 billion today, and that's about a 13% drop in 28 months. So, quote, the powers that be will never report the truth on this. It will do everything to conceal, manipulate, and distort the real numbers. So all we can do is crunch everything we know to determine the progress of their goal. 500, millions, 500 million humans left on Earth by 2030. Former Malaysia Prime Minister Mahathir Mohamed fearlessly blew the whistle on the depopulation agenda in 2015. The COVID blog put forth five trends to back up its theory that the world's population is already in freefall. According to the state plans uh, of the elite, he goes, I will go... <coughs> Because I will only go into the first three, but if you want the rest, you can click over uh, to the COVID blog. And I quote, number one, governments across the world reported uh, 
record increases in excess deaths in 2021 and 2022 and or reported historically low birth rates, unquote. In other words, a lot of people are dying and few are being born. Number two, there's no way of knowing exactly what's happening in the world's um, in, in the world's two most populous countries, India and especially China. Uh, we know that China is dystopian hell. We what we well, he says what we don't know is how many people are being killed by the government and dying from the injections. It goes on to say, uh, India started injecting its population in January of 2021, mostly with the COVID shield AstraZeneca viral vector DNA injections. As of March 2023, 95% of Indians uh, age 12 plus have received at least one shot. COVID blog reports by April of 2021, truckloads of dead bodies being transported to morgues were so full that bodies were falling from the trucks on the roads. In Delhi, some people, uh, someone died every five minutes that month. According to one report, the mass cremation videos from India in 2021 are very disturbing. Oh, Lord, this is all disturbing, you guys. The corporate mainstream predictably blamed COVID. The only reason the deaths slowed after May 2021 was because India started adopting ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine protocols. Neither India nor China are particularly good about recording and reporting deaths, leading the COVID blog to conclude that based on the foregoing, our educated guess is at least 350 million excess deaths in China and India from January 2022 publishing today, unquote. Number three, the kids die anonymously deceived parents allow their children to be injected multiple times and or they feed their babies vaxxed breast milk the child dies most of these delusional parents play along with the mainstream narrative and blame anything but the vax while only a tiny number of parents do the right thing and warn others not to get their children injected never comply never submit prepare mentally physically and spiritually as we head into Uncharted Waters. <clears throat> Guys, the article is by Leo Home. You can find it at legalhoman.substack.com with lots of many other of his articles. Folks, I know I've been talking a lot about the transgender thing and so many headlines. Um, you know, uh, it, it's crazy. If you go to Kim Ham's YouTube channel, please watch his latest upload. I'm not sure if it's his latest now, but I watched it yesterday. And, um, uh, it was it was quite eye opening. Just when he read through the headlines, the very beginning, just the headlines of the things going on uh, that they consider normal. That's everyday language now. That even ten years ago, we would have thought, "Wow, there's acts of lewdness. Um, there is, I mean, things that we would consider an abomination. They praise today. Have you noticed that? Things that there there is no shame." People have no shame. Have you noticed that? What we would consider shameful, they openly display and are proud of it. And um, that hurts my heart. And more things, if you do watch the Pastor Billy Crone's um, latest sermon on um, Klaus Schwab, please be prepared. It is very disturbing, especially in the beginning. And um, it just made me so mad. And I mean angry. I was angry. And I just got the reading today, and the Bible says, be angry and do not sin. And the uh, only thing that I could think going through my mind when I watched that was, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And folks, that is, that's just what I kept saying. I had to keep saying that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And so, as we look at this world today, it is dark and it is kind of scary. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's, 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 you know, it's not the world I grew up in. <laughs> and as I look back then, that wasn't even great. We all thought it was great, you know. But I've been watching like All in the Family and Mama's Family. You know, those wholesome shows I thought were from the 80s. And I watched one today and I thought, oh my goodness, that's not wholesome at all. But uh, compared to the stuff on today, oh, that's like, wow, the Waltons or something. But, um... And the things that they put on um, TV today. But I, I found, I saw this on Newsbreak. I think it's New, yeah, Newsbreak, uh, the app on my phone. Apparently, this Disney attraction, uh, the dragon caught fire. And I'm like, oh. And I thought, how fitting. And I looked on the article, and it's, it's talking about, I guess, the whatever the theme is on this island. I guess about Anaheim. And it said, um, 
uh, talking about Mickey Mouse's sorcery journey or whatever, and this thing catches on fire, and I'm like, I think God's trying to tell you guys something. And who was it tell me that they had, uh, ah, yes, art. I remember he talking to me about how, or telling me how demonic um, Disney is, especially after Walt Disney died, folks. Um, I, 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 it's just... How could you even watch Disney these days? I I was never a Disney fan, and I, and I guess God had shielded me from that as a child. I just never liked Disney. I wasn't a big Disney fan. Um, I was reading Stephen King, The Book of Misery, when I was like seven. <laughs> so um, I was an avid reader when I was a kid. I loved to read. And uh, as I sit here and, and talk to you guys, I'm reading through the, um, the book on emotions from um, Dr. Charles Stanley, who just recently passed away and passing the glory I would say, to be with the Lord Jesus. And um, I've been reading his book, and you guys know I have so much going on, ADD, and, you know, I have health things, and I was like, uh, you know, and, um, but I'm trying to learn, you know, I, um, I'll tell y'all a little story. So um, I move a lot. I guess you guys have noticed that I do move a lot, because uh, I don't like noise. I don't like a lot of noise, and I keep moving, 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 and something uh, just kind of, I was praying today, reading my Bible, and I thought, you know what? Have you ever faced a problem? Have you ever faced a trial in life? And if you don't overcome that trial, if you don't learn what God wants you to learn in that trial, do you know you're going to keep encountering that trial over and over and over again until you finally learn the lesson that God is trying to teach you? And so I thought about that this morning. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to keep running into this trial until I figure out what God is trying to teach me. And so I think I just need to spend some time at the feet of Jesus. You know, there's a lot of sermons I noticed going on about Martha and Mary um, this week. And another friend of mine, Kay, brought that to my attention. Because that's like the third time I've seen that this week. I'm like, oh, wow, you know. <laughs> and so um, anyway, maybe I need to feed, spend some time at the feet of Jesus. And so um, with um, everything going on, and I, I made the decision uh, late last night, and uh, made the decision to stay doing home health and not to take the other position. Um, you know, I have wonderful clients that the Lord has blessed me with, and have you ever just had a calling on your life? Like, you just know that's where the Lord has put you, um, and uh, I think that's where he's put me. I don't make a lot of money, but you know what? I don't care. I, I just want to live for the Lord. It want to serve him in any way I can and do whatever I can, you know. And so I thought, you know what? I think I'm just going to stay where I've, where I've been put. And um, so many crazy things has happened to help me pay my rent this month. It was crazy. It was, um, you know, because I missed two days of work and then my clients got COVID. And so I can't see them and I can't see other clients, you know. So I was out of work uh, the second half of this week. And I thought, man, what are we going to do? Well, a friend of mine, I had a, a rifle for sale. He bought it. I was like, thank God. And so then I got a check from Fidelity in the in the mail. Um, I guess I, I had a 401k set up with a company I worked for. I totally forgot about. And they just sent me a check. And I was like, wow, praise God. And so um, God will always take care of you. And so if you're where he's at, I thank you. Because God has a permissive will and a perfect will. I'll tell you another thing. Um, I was on the couch and I had taken a nap. I don't know if I told you guys this or not, but um, I had fallen asleep, woke up at 319. I was like, huh. My heart was pounding like, oh, man, it was crazy. I thought, oh, my gosh, I overslept. I have these dog customers across town. They've been in the house. I started freaking out. And I was like, and I was getting catch my breath and it dawned on me. I'm like, you just fell asleep at like one o'clock, you know, in the afternoon. I was like, oh, man. So I just went back to sleep. I slept a lot. We'll put it that way. But another dream that I had had, and it was like a, like almost like a nightmare, that I had made the wrong decision. I was starting this new job, and I, and I was fearful. I was like, I made, you know, like, oh my gosh, I've made the wrong decision. And I think that coupled with, you know, everything else going on in my life, I think I just realized that I think God has me where he wants me to be, and he's going to provide a way no matter what that is. And so um there's a permissive will like i said and then there's the perfect will and i think if i would taken that other job i would have been in his permissive will but i don't think i would have been in his perfect will and so um I, you know i'm thankful um for the lord i'm thankful for his guidance and for his word you know i read his word and i just get a peaceful you know like today i spent most of the day um reading his word um, if you guys, uh, do you, any of you guys listen to Alan Jackson, Pastor Alan Jackson? I just recently discovered 
his YouTube channel. And I thought, where, where has I, have I been? You know, And I've heard him on the radio a few times. I thought, Alan Jackson, he's that country singer. <laughs> Chattahooga. Um, and I was like, what? And I was like, so I listened to him a few times. And I just didn't really, you know, uh, catch on. But then uh, while I was sick <laughs> the last couple of days and didn't have much of a voice, I was passing uh, Alan Jackson's ministry. And I watched a lot um, of his uh, latest sermons. Guys, ooh, I really do like him. I downloaded the app on my phone. Um, he's got a reading through the Bible app on the phone. Um, and if you're like me with ADD, um, it'll actually it'll actually read it to you, the ESV version. And so I thought, wow, that is super cool. And so I downloaded it. And uh, I even uh, went to the website and printed it off so I'd have the Bible plan with me. And so I'm playing catch up. I know I always start out every year saying, I'm going to read the Bible, I'm going to read the Bible, and then I don't. And I'm like, man. And so this year I'm going to read the Bible, right? And I started out all gung-ho and then, yeah. And so what I did was I, I, I printed that off and uh, I went back and started there uh, on the first day. But then I picked up on the app uh, where we're at currently on the 23rd of April. And so I'm going to do both of them simultaneously. Like every day, I'm going to do one in the morning, one in the evening until I get caught up. Okay. And so if you guys want to join me, you can go to Alan Jackson's ministry and do that. I even better yet, download the app, download the app. He is talking about things that are culturally relevant right now in our time, in our day. What's going on right now? And a lot of pastors are not doing that. And I don't understand why. And, you know, like Ken Ham says, there's like attack on biblical Christianity on the book of Genesis. And you wonder why teenagers and kids are leaving the churches in droves. You wonder why. Well, everything's relative. It's not what, it's not what the word says. Whatever I wanted to say, right? Whatever I Well, how can you? What? Well, what makes you think they're going to believe anything you have to say if it's all relative, you know? And so when you attack the Bible, then you're going to get people that are going to leave. And these kids, they need to know the truth, you guys. They need to know the truth. Get a good apologetics Bible. Um, I have the old good standby home and Christian standards Bible, their old apologetics Bible. You had to go to um, eBay to pick that up. But... Um, because now it's the CSB, which I do not recommend at all. Zero, nada, nope. That's like the that's like the new NIV. No, absolutely not. The only NIV that I would recommend is a 1984 and earlier versions of the NIV. Uh, anything after that, I don't recommend. Um, I like the new King James, I like the old King James, you know. Um, and I do like uh, it is the NCV, the New Century version. I do like that. I do. I wish they would um, capitalize the pronouns of um, God, but they don't. I wish they did. But anyway, that's I think is a good translation as well. But um, and I like the NASB as well. I always hear those people going, "No, no, no, it's the King James or nothing." I'm like, really? Because King James didn't really, um, you know, they kowtowed to the Catholics on baptism, uh, on baptismo. Um, in the Bible, there's all kinds of stuff, you know, and I'll say it's a bad version, it's a good version, don't get me wrong, but people think, I got this thing on my, on my door, as a matter of fact, and it's, um, there's a church here in Amarillo, and it's called the Bible-believing something church, anyway, and I had turned to, they're very controversial, and uh, I turned on their program one day, one Sunday, years ago, and they were singing a song to the new King James, I mean, to the old King James version, they were singing the song, to the, to the version of the Bible, I'm like, what? And so I'll listen to him a little bit more, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so if you guys live in the Amarillo area, uh, gee, you might want to get out of that church. Um, yeah, no. Um, but we have some wonderful churches um, here in Amarillo. I'm very thankful we have some very wonderful pastors here. Um, guys, if you live, um, and I know a lot of you guys, that listen are, are in Ireland, and I know a lot of you guys listen in the UK and um, Australia. Yeah, um, wonderful one in Thailand, even. And so, what a wow! I'm telling you, that just blows me away. I'm so humbled. It just you have no idea. Um, but if you guys can't find a good church where you live, Pastor Billy Crone will get you set up with a home church. And this is where it's eventually going to move to. We are now being persecuted in the United States as Christians, and you see our government turning on us. Um, it's all about the trans community, um, like 0.1% of the population. Um, but they have indoctrinated our children. They have indoctrinated our education system. Uh, we have monsters dressed in drag 
uh, reading to our children, our kindergartners, and they think that's okay. When they call evil good and good evil, you know you were in the end days. We are in those end days. In the Romans 1 culture, I was talking to a friend last night, late last night, we were reading through the Bible, and I was uh, showing her some stuff about the Romans 1 culture. We were reading over the phone, and I'm like, this is the culture that we live in. She's like, oh my gosh, you're right. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this is, I mean, tell me what this sounds like. And she's like, this sounds like today. Mm-hmm. And it talks about even those who applaud those who do evil. Look around the world today. And like I read uh, the other night on that article about that lady here in Amarillo that brought her children to look at those demonic creatures reading stories to them. Um, well, they're not demonic creatures, but, you know, I would, I mean, they, they probably are possessed. Anyway, the, mm, wearing horns and it was just mm, anyway and so um she brought the, her children to this and you can see the look on the kids faces like there was something wrong like they knew something was wrong and then she's like oh this is so wonderful oh we're just so happy to oh just have our children here and i'm like she, she's applauding evil applauding evil and the bible talks about that that's the romans one culture we should pray for these people. And it's for me it's so easy to get angry and to and, 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 and to be angry at the people. But I have to remember the Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities and powers of in, in, in high places. These are wickedness, evil uh demons. And so I have to keep reminding myself of that. But there comes a point in time when somebody you know, openly has denied Christ enough and they have hardened their heart against him, that that's it. God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. The, the, the Holy Spirit will no longer, will no longer convict you of your sin. He's like, okay, you've seared your conscience. And um, I said, that's happening a lot. Folks, we need, we need to pray for these people. They are lost. We need to pray for our leaders. Once again, as Christians, we need to get on our knees and we need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for them. We need to pray that, that God would save them, that they would cry out to Jesus and ask to be saved. And I think they would do a, a lot to turn this country around. But the only one that's going to save this country is Jesus Christ. And you can't look for a leader. You can't look for a political. I see a lot of nationalism, Christian, quote, nationalism. That's scary. Folks, um, there's, there's, uh, I'll tell you what, Pastor Alan Jackson actually did a sermon on that. It's on his YouTube channel. You may want to go listen to that. And I see a lot of my favorite pastors that are embracing this Christian nationalism. It kind of scares me. Um, I'm not going to name any names. I won't ever do that. Um, because I'll respect them and you know, uh, they do preach the word, but I see them embracing this and it, it scares me. Um, you know, uh, kind of concerns me, but I mean, it's not, you know, so the end all be all. Um, there's only one pastor that I don't recommend anymore. And I took him off of my page. Um, and I won't ever name his name either. Um, but I, you know, if you ever looked at my page before, <laughs> then you'll know he's not there. Um, but anyway, um, and I actually, I need to add Pastor Alan Jackson's ministries to my website. Um, because, uh, you know, we have so much going on in the world today, but we have so much to be thankful for. You know, um, I think, you know, we have forgotten how to pray. And uh, one thing I learned um, from Pastor Ricky File when he was uh, pastor of Kingdom Keys, um, I absolutely loved him, and I still do. They have uh, KJRT um, 88.3, I think, anyway. It's a radio station here in Amarillo. Actually, there are a lot. They're all over the, the country. Um, if you ever get a chance to listen to them, um, they do are on the charismatic side. So I don't, you know, don't condone every um, program they have on there. But I mean, Pastor Ricky was my pastor for years. And that one thing I learned from him was how to pray the word of God. And um, remember when Satan, I just got to read this today, when Satan takes, and, and this, okay, this, uh, kind of got me to thinking today when I was reading that, and, and it says Satan took Jesus up to the pinnacle, where he took him, and I'm like, whoa, you know, really got me thinking. I'm like, I never really thought about that. I don't know if you guys have thought about that either. But what did Jesus say? What what what? 
He said, uh, what did he say? It is written. Is how he confronted Satan. It is written. I'm like, wow. So he combated with the word of God. That's Jesus. That's God in the flesh quoting the word of God. I'm like, wow, quoting his own word. I'm like, wow. And so how are we to fight our battles? How are we to fight our battles? With the word of God. And how how are you going to quote the word of God or pray the word of God if you don't know the word of God? What are you guys waiting for? Get in the word of God, folks, while there's still time. <clears throat> you know, have you ever studied for a test? You remember way back when? For me, it was a long time ago. But studying for a test, you're like, oh, i got to study for a test. And test day comes, and you got to answer the questions and hope you pass. And I thought about this, you know, like, when I get to heaven, I, you know, I, I don't want to disappoint Jesus. I don't want to, you know, did you ever read my word? Did You know, I wrote you this this huge book. I wrote you these instructions. Did you, this love letter to you, did you ever read it? And I'll be like, I read parts of it, you know. Well, you know, Jesus, I really wanted to, but, you know, Netflix, and I was just, you know, I was tired because I worked all the time, and always something, always something, always busy, always busy, Mary and Martha. And so I don't want to get to heaven and say, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, um, I'll, and I'm talking to myself. I don't know about you guys, but I'm talking to myself. And I have let other things creep in. I remember when I was in my 20s, I was all about success. I was all about, you know, the nicest clothes, the nicest car, um, the best job. Boom, boom, boom. I was very, very aggressive in my career. Very aggressive. And, um, you know, I spent all those years. I have nothing to show for to have lost friendships, lost relationships. Um, I don't have anything long term to show for that. You know, and uh, I think, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and that's got you thinking, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't get that time back. You can't get the time back that you spent on your job in an office, in a store, whatever. You're never going to be able to get that time back to spend it however God wanted you to spend it. So if you're listening, heed the word of God. And if the Holy Spirit is convicting you or telling you, uh, drop trowel, whatever you're doing, and uh, return to the Lord. You know, um, I wish I would have done that back then. I do. And uh, but now, you know, I, uh, I I try not to take stressful jobs anymore. Um, to me, it's just not healthy. And you know, it's not really healthy for anybody, I don't think. But uh, I used to thrive on stress. You know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I have high blood pressure today. Yeah. No. Um, but no, I I, ch- I choose the job. Like, like, you know, making the choice like right now to go back to do the home health because I love to do that. I love to take care of folks, but it's not very stressful. And um, I get to love on folks and I get to help them out. And, you know, what better job can he do and still have time to come home and do podcasts? And, you know, I get to listen to the Bible on the in between, you know, clients, you know, driving and that kind of thing. Um, oh, you guys, I'm going to ask you all for some favor. <laughs> so um, not like for the you know, people, say the Lord's favor, you know, I'm gonna, I am asking you guys for you know, just some prayers. If you think about this. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but there's a 1997 Honda CRV um, that is for sale. It only has 134,000 miles on it. Folks, for a Honda, that's like, <laughs> that's like it just drove off the showroom floor. So anyway, it's in very, very good condition. And I have put my, I know, I know, brace yourselves, guys. I have put my Honda um, Del Sol up for sale. Um, I have a potential buyer. Um anyway and i'm asking you know oh no outrageous price for it but um i am asking i think 30 i've asked 3500 for it which i've spent way more than that on this car put another motor clutch you know all kinds of stuff in it but uh anyway i'm hoping um that the buyer will buy it and then i can take that cash run down or he can maybe meet me over there and i can just you know buy that honda um, CRV. I've talked to the gentleman at the dealership that's selling the the CRV, and um, he said yes that they would work with me on that. 
And so if, even if I don't get enough to buy it, I get enough to put enough down payment on it. He said that he wouldn't charge me interest on it. So I'm like, oh, you guys are great. And so anyway, if you guys will be in prayer, um, that if that's the Lord's will, that that would happen, I, I sure would appreciate that because I need something else. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm telling you, the Del Sol, um, I really do enjoy driving that car. I totally do. But the job that I have now makes it hard because I go pick up people's groceries and sometimes they need a ride to the doctor and I just you can't get somebody in a Del Sol, just saying. <laughs> so if they don't have a vehicle, then I usually don't take those kind of clients. But yeah, just getting their groceries and stuff um, in a two-seater is a little bit difficult. So um, anyway, uh, I, I appreciate that if you guys are kind of being prayer that that would happen. And if not, then that's, if it doesn't happen, hey, the Lord has something better planned. That's the way I always look at things. So, but I thought, wow, this is a pretty good deal. And um, we'll see. We'll see if things go through. But anyway, <laughs> with that, guys, I think I'm going to, I'm going to get off of here. Um, but man, there's just so much, so much going on. Here's one thing I did. Okay, look at this. Anger growing as economic conditions steadily deteriorate all over the world. Of course, this is Prophecy Newswatch. I found it at prophecynewswatch.com. It says we're in the early stages of a global economic collapse. And people all over the globe are getting extremely angry. Here in the United States, higher prices are an inconvenience. But in other parts of the world, higher prices can mean the difference between feeding your family or not. And once uh, people get to the point where they cannot even survive on the incomes that they are bringing in, uh, they can become very unpredictable and very violent. And so we see these um, on the forefront, you guys. And of course, what else? Devil uh, in the digital dollar details. It's an article by uh, Terry James. And I may highlight on that tomorrow. And of course, Satan's encroachment is willful and deliberate. J.B. Hickson's that's uh, harbingersdaily.com. That was uh, posted today. So when Satan tried to usurp God's sovereign rule in heaven, it did not end well for him. God cast him out of heaven as a profane thing and banished him to the ground. Ezekiel 28, verses 16 through 17. Despite this severe judgment, the devil continues to venture into areas that are out of his jurisdiction. Satan is a slow learner, he says. Uh, for more than 6,000 years, he has meddled in places he does not belong. Folks, a lot of things, uh, a lot of things happening in the world today, and you can attribute it to that. And uh, if you guys have you seen that new Axe commercial? If you've seen that for the, it's got devil's horns, folks, like the ram's goat horns. Have you saw that? Open display of Satanism everywhere. Anyway, you guys, if you haven't watched uh, the latest uh, Jan Markell's program, um, she does have this present darkness. Um, and you can go to Rumble because it's not going to be on their YouTube channel. Um, it's going to be too uh, truthful, she says, for YouTube or too controversial. Anything you say the truth is on YouTube, they will tear you down. So I'm not really on YouTube anymore. They tore my old channel down. Um, so my new one, eh, it's just, it's just too much. I don't have time to be editing. It takes too long. I try to make things perfect. I'm like, ah, forget it. <laughs> I just soon jump on here and you know, talk. But anyway, Jim Arkell talks to Michelle Bachman for the hour. It is possible that global governments could be established on the back of the World Health Organization and the United Nations. Global digital ID would be at the center of this. This will be decided in a month in Switzerland. Folks, May is coming up. Listen and learn of this one world push, which is outlined in the Bible, and what we can do to stop this effort. Folks, check out her latest program on Rumble, Rumble, RumbleRumble.com. And so uh, while you're there, you can check out Pastor Billy's uh, latest one as well. So the nefarious actor who plays demon-possessed inmate delivers powerful response to skeptics. There's an article there um, on Faithwire about that. But one other thing I want to talk to you guys about. Senators introduced a bill to create digital identity for all Americans. Yeah, folks, I kind of touched on this on the podcast that I had recorded last night, but I sounded so bad, uh, way worse than I did tonight. And um, uh, it's crazy. It is crazy. They've already got this going on. Senators are uh, creating these digital identity. Folks, while you are looking at balloons, 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 and uh, all this other stuff in the news, and uh, they're just creating things to keep you occupied, like, you know, not to pay attention to what's really going on. And uh, inside the Pentagon's battle to keep artificial intelligence under human control. Hmm. 
the Pentagon knows some crazy stuff. And global currency is here. The IMF unveils universal monetary unit or a unicoin. I didn't say unicorn, you guys. I said unicorn. Yeah. So I talked about this last night as too. But uh, it says a new global currency just launched, but 99% of the global population has no idea what just happened. The universal monetary unit, also known as a unicorn, is an international central bank digital currency that has been designed to work in conjunction with all existing national currencies. And you're like, what? Yeah, folks. And combine that with the, what did I say earlier? Fed Now program being launched in July. They're laying out the infrastructure for the mark of the beast. And not only the mark of the beast, but the one world government, one world religion, one world currency, one world leader. <laughs> Guys, it's all going to one, 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 one. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, this article is at prophecynewswatch.com. And it's uh, Michael Snyder, the economic collapse blog posted on the 15th of April. I like Michael Snyder. I like his um, articles. So, a new global currency just launched, but 99% of the global population has no idea what just happened. Uh, the unicorn, as we talked about earlier. This should set off alarm bells for all of us because the widespread adoption of new, quote, global currency would be a giant step forward for the globalist agenda. The IMF did not create this new currency, but it was unveiled at a major IMF gathering earlier this week and it says um today at the international monetary fund uh spring meetings 2023 the digital currency monetary authority or the dcma announced their official launch of an international central bank digital currency ircbdc that uh, strengthens the monetary sovereignty of participating central banks and complies with the recent crypto assets policy recommendations proposed by the IMF. Universal Monetary Unit, uh, UMU, symbolized as ANSI character, uh, U with the two dots above it, um, is legally a money commodity, uh, can transact in any legal uh, tender settlement currency and functions like a CBDC to enforce banking regulations and to protect the financial integrity of the international banking system. So, uh, as the press release quotes above indicates, the new monetary or universal monetary unit was created by the Digital Currency Monetary Authority. So, who in the world is the Digital Currency Monetary Authority? Honestly, he says, I had no idea until I started doing research for this article. He says, the press release says that the organization consists of sovereign states, central banks, commercial and retail banks, and other financial institutions. The DCMA is a world leader in the advocacy of digital currency and monetary public uh, policy innovations for governments and central banks. Uh, members within the DCMA consist of sovereign states, central banks, commercial and retail banks, and other financial institutions. Basically, it sounds like a secretive cabal of international banks and national governments uh, is conspiring to push this new currency down our throats. We are being told that the Universal Monetary Unit is Crypto 2.0, and those that created it are hoping that it will be widely adopted by all constituencies in a global economy. The DCMA introduces Universal Monetary Unit as Crypto 2.0, uh, creates, or uh, because it innovates, a new wave of cryptographic technologies for realizing a digital currency public monetary system with a widespread adoption framework encompassing use uh, cases for all all constituencies in a global economy i don't know about you he says but this sounds super shady to me. I agree, Michael, I do. Of course, the Digital Currency Monetary Authority, Authority is not the only one that has been working on a new digital currency. The UK has also been working on one, and the same is true for the European Union. And would it surprise anyone that the Biden administration is touting the potential benefits of a digital form of the U.S. dollar? The following comes from the official White House website, and I quote, A United States central bank digital currency would be a digital form of the U.S. dollar. While the U.S. has not yet decided whether it will pursue a CBDC, the U.S. has been closely examining the implications of and options for issuing a CBDC. If the U.S. pursued a CBDC, there could be many uh, possible benefits such as facilitating efficient and low-cost transactions. 
Of course. Heather, did you want that hamburger? I'm sorry. You've used all the money that you had allocated to you for beef today. I'm sorry. You gotta wait till next month if you want that piece of cow. But go ahead and have this beetle burger. <laughs> Here's a cricket burger. Or this new plant-based burger. How about some lab-grown meat? Oh, sorry. Back to the article. <laughs> so, if the U.S. pursued a CBTC, there could be many possible benefits, such as facilitating efficient and low-cost transactions, fostering greater access to the financial system, boosting economic growth, and supporting the continued centrality of the U.S. within the international uh, financial system. And I don't think that is a coincidence that governments all over the Western world are simultaneously developing CBTCs. No, Michael, I don't think so either. And the IMF has actually already put together an extensive handbook, quote, to assist central banks and governments throughout the world in their CBDC rollouts, unquote. The International Monetary Fund is putting together a central bank and digital currency handbook. <laughs> to assist them, folks. <laughs> really? Published policy on April 10th, the IMF approach to central bank digital currency capacity development report outlines the IMF's multi-year strategy for aiding CBDC rollouts including the development of a living CBDC handbook, a living, of course, uh, for monetary authorities to follow, of course, because they're going to change these guidelines whenever they feel like it. Mm. A lot of people out there will, will cheer when these digital currencies are introduced. But it's imperative to understand that once everyone is using them, your financial privacy will be almost totally gone. Yes, folks. Authorities will be able to track virtually everything that you buy and sell, and I'm sure that they won't hesitate to use that information against you. Needless to say, the potential for tyranny in such a system is off the charts. Can you imagine in a world where you are restricted from buying meat for a while because you have already used your carbon credits for the month? Your, quote, financial privileges could uh, potentially be restricted at any time <clears throat> at the whim of a government bureaucrat. And, <clears throat> sorry guys, and if you are a big enough troublemaker, you could be deplatformed from the system permanently. I got to get some watcher here. Hold on, folks. Ah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, of course, in order for such a system to have real teeth, cash, and other forms of payment will need to be phased out. <clears throat> and that's precisely what is happening right now in Europe. The following comes from the official website of the European Parliament. So, restrict transactions in cash and crypto assets. MEPs want to cap payments that can be accepted by persons of providing goods or services. They set limits up to 7,000 EUs for cash payments and 1,000 EUs for crypto asset transfers where the customer cannot be identified. Ultimately, they will just keep lowering the limits until the use of cash is almost completely eliminated. Everyone will be slowly but surely forced onto the new digital system and it will be a system that they control with an iron fist. And most people will unwillingly go along with it. These days, most people are just scraping by from month to month. And one recent survey found that 70% of all Americans are financially stressed at this point. Inflation, economic instability, and a lack of savings have an increasing number of Americans feeling financially stressed. Some 70% of Americans admit to being stressed about their personal finances these days. And a majority, 52% of U.S. adults, said their financial stress has increased since before the COVID-19 pandemic began in March of 2020. According to a new CNBC Your Financial or Your Money uh, Financial Confidence Survey conducted in partnership with Momentive. Most Americans simply do not care that these new digital currencies could open a door for great tyranny. They just want to be able to pay the bills and take care of their families. And if our politicians tell them that this new system is good for the economy, yeah, they'll be all for it. But those of us that are awake know that more globalism doesn't lead anywhere good. Concentrating uh, even more power in the hands of the international elite is always a bad idea. And hopefully we can start to get more people to understand this. Folks, that was really pu uh, published in the Economic Collapse blog. You can catch that at prophecynewswatch.com. And once again, that is by Michael Snyder. I read a lot of his articles on this um, episode as well, this podcast. So, um, guys, with that, I think I'm going to get off here. I'm starting to lose my voice. <laughs> Slowly but surely, it's going down quickly now. Um, but with that, um, you know, uh, I was going to tell you guys, get in the Word of God. Oh, get in the Word of God. In the Word of God, get into you. And, oh, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. Oh, my goodness, folks. 
keep looking up because our Savior is coming. Jesus is coming to take us out of here. But while we're still here, we need to be the light of the world. We need to tell people the good news, the gospel, that Jesus Christ saves and that he loves you and that uh, he's got a plan for you. A lot of these folks feel lost. They don't think anybody loves them, much less an all-knowing, all-creating God. They don't even know they have been created. They have been knit together in their mother's womb. God knows them by name. Folks, get out there and tell somebody about Jesus today. Why you still can? Because the one thing you cannot do in heaven, one thing you can't do after you die, what, what? you can't tell people about Jesus. Get out there and tell people about Jesus. Myself included. I need to tell people about Jesus every day. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And uh, may God bless each and every one of you as we await the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks, you guys. May God bless each and every one of you.